Welcome to the show and episode one. Let's see where are we at. Oh, one fourteen. There we go. All right, guys, back again. Um, our next guest was a person I met a while back, actually pretty early on in the when I started doing the podcast. She was working on hers, and um, I think we met in some, uh, I think it was like a Facebook group. And, uh, you know, we stayed in touch for a while and lost touch because we both got busy and so on. And um, But I've always wanted to tell her story because she does overcome and she goes through a lot. And, uh, yeah, she's got a great personality, so I wanted to have her on. Um, so you want to introduce yourself and obviously tell a little bit about yourself. Well, hello. Good afternoon from uh, sunny England. In I'm in Southampton actually today, um, which is about an hour away from London. So it's kind of in the middle of the south coast of England. So yes, I'm um, I'm here and uh, I'm still waving the the flag for, for you know living and thriving with a chronic or long term condition, which I've had since I was ten. Um, with the namely the multiple sclerosis journey that I've been on, that the reason why we started talking in the first place was about overcoming some of the things when you're young and you're diagnosed with an incurable disease, really. So, um, yeah, and, you know, that's how we got in touch. And along that journey, it's been really, really colourful for me because I think at the beginning I started with the whole medical stuff and after the blood poisoning with an MS treatment and then changing to a new one that really worked, my, I got my life back. And that's when we were doing the podcast and talking about stuff as well. So, you know, it, it's been so multifaceted, so variable, um, you know, and interesting to see how life pans out when you're living with, uh, you know, multiple sclerosis, MS, yeah. and, you know, how life is. Yeah, I mean, you caught my eye. Obviously, we met in the group, but it's just like, it sucks because I don't remember, you, you posted something and it was kind of like, I think it was like vaguely sad. And, you know, I see this like beautiful girl who's got this great smile. And then, of course, I got to know you a little bit and talk on the phone and you have a great personality and, you know, but you deal with so much pain. And that's one of the things I'm very fascinated about, like chronic illnesses, because it's something that some people yeah. don't even believe are a real thing or even a disability. Yeah. Um, and no. then, but when you, when you said it was MS, my grandfather had MS, so I knew what he went through. Um, yeah. and he suffered a lot and it actually basically put him in a wheelchair. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, and then you're, you were way younger, you're, you are way younger than what he was when he had it. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a condition that I'm very passionate about because of, you know, it has yeah. been in my family. Well, you know, the figures as well, jumping in on that point, TJ, the figures haven't changed dramatically. Um, I think people are getting diagnosed quicker with MS, but the overall numbers globally have kind of leveled out. And I think the good news for people, I've got to get this one out there first and foremost, is the treatment opportunities 
for people living with MS and, you know, um, some other diseases which are a little bit similar, maybe lupus or whatever. There's some absolutely amazing drug treatments out there and the choices are absolutely brilliant. And I think that's a testimony to all the hard work with the pharmaceutical companies and, and the people sharing their experiences. I mean, I did a lot of that. Uh, I think we talked about that, TJ, before when I was on lots of patient forums and stuff. And, yeah. you know, it's it's an amazing landscape. It's so much more positive. Actually, I think if I had a positive scale from when we first started talking um, to where I am now, I, do you know what I mean? It's, I've got more positive because there's more opportunities and there's more understanding and better knowledge of the condition. It's not that old, really, MS. And there's more treatment opportunities. And for people that haven't worked out on the drug treatment that I've been taking for over 10 years, which has really worked for me, you know, there's loads of other treatments that they can try that are working for more progressive MS, you know, for people that may have um, primary or secondary progressive MS. It's really, really good. And, you know, some of the treatments that we, because I have my treatment up in London um, with Imperial Healthcare College, and, and it's, it's wonderful with, Professor Nicholas, you know, and, and the team of nurses and doctors and therapists and stuff. But the treatments are great. I mean, I've got to say that, you know, if you look at it, the menu before was pretty damn limited, you know, with one maybe or two. And, and of course, like we've got the National Health Service in England. So we get our treatments paid for, which is a bit different to people living in other countries. And, and that, as I found out when I was doing lots of stuff internationally, yeah. Some people just never get the chance to get a disease-modifying drug. And that is, I think, is the reason I've kept going. Yeah, I was going to ask as you... As well as lifestyle. I was going to ask you how much has it progressed because um, my grandfather died in 2003. And yeah. when he was diagnosed, which I don't remember the year, but it was in the 90s. And it was basically just, you know, watch him, watching him deteriorate. There was really yeah. not much they could do for him at the time. Um, and, and then the, the second point to what you said was that, you know, like I said earlier, we met on this group and I, you, you posted something that was kind of like an ominous post and you were a little more down and, and negative. And again, every, you had every reason to be, um, but it, I can tell even when we just like instantly got on the phone, like, a, you know, 10 minutes ago, you, you sounded so much happier and, and just, you know, oh, wow. than you, than you did before. Well, that's good to hear. Yay! I'm not a miserable old woman. <laughs> Yay! I like that. That's positive. That's going to be my takeaway. Well, good. I'm glad. Um, before we kind of like really delve into how MS affects you and so on, like, mm -hmm. do you do you remember like because you you told me off mic that you um you you had it when you were ten. Do you kind of remember yeah. what it was like before you had MS? Well, I was a really active kid. And um, I remember because I started getting loads of bad headaches when I was 10 years old. And that's what kind of led to all of the referrals and the lack of understanding and not knowing what's going on, really. Um, but, you know, I mean, it was that time scale. And I remember because I was so fit and I just kept going. And, and, I, and I do say that, I think, because I started, uh, you know, between sort of 8 and 10, I was just cycling all the time. And I think it really did me a lot of favors. You said you were dieting? 
cycling. Oh, fighting, fighting. Okay, gotcha. Cycling on a bike. Right. On the on the roads in Cornwall, and I wasn't very good at surfing. I've got to confess, <laughs> I wasn't very much. I could look the part on the feet, TJ, but I just wasn't. A, you know, I I didn't get on with hanging ten off surfboards and stuff like that. I couldn't get the balance right. But um, but yeah, I was quite really into sport, and I think that really has helped my my MS massively. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um... When they actually diagnosed you and told you what it was, did like how much like previous information did you have on like what MS was? Well, I had absolutely loads because I was I was a student there, and I was working in a I was training with the Royal Navy actually, and the local kind of like university, and so we were like pumped up full of loads of information, and I was working on a neurological unit when I found out I had multiple sclerosis, and I'm saying all the way. To Worst case scenarios coming through the door. <laughs> it was like, right. God, this could be me. So, which was quite motivating, actually. I've got to confess. Uh, after I got over the, you know, it was two weeks before my finals of the three year academic course, and I was like, no, I've got to get through this. Um, but, you know, it, it was. It was a bit of a, well, this is going to be a toughie. Yeah, I'm sure. Which is a bit of a, which, which was, you know, when you're 18, it was a bit of a, but hey, you know, it could have been a lot worse. And, and I think that kept me going, actually, because I was surrounded in this neurological unit and I saw all this worst case scenario. And I think it was like, well, if I'd have had that, I would have been dead by now, you know. And so I think it helped me rationalize um, how variable MS can be. And also the treatment options and the differences that that can make along with lifestyle. So it was quite enlightening, actually. Yeah. How many years in before you started to see, like, the improvements of, you know, medicine and technology over the years that, you know, these treatments? Well, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because I I was one of the first people in the country to get um, uh, a self-administrating um, beta interferon drug. And I took that for 10 years when it first came out. I was on a mission because I, I worked on a neurological unit as well because all this propelled me to want to understand what was going on with my body. And so I, I learned loads and loads and loads about MS and saw loads of different, you know, I tried hyperbaric oxygen therapy. I was training with the Navy. So I had all of this at my fingertips. It was just like, I was like, wow, I've fortunately been put here. I found out I've got MS, and now I can try hyperbaric oxygen therapy. I, I'm training with, the, you know, yeah, I couldn't go on and be an officer in the Royal Navy, which is a bit of a bummer. But, hey, you know, I had to accept that and get on with my life, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of people who have disabilities who weren't born, <clears throat> excuse me, who weren't born with it, I think we all had dreams at one point or another. I mean, even as a kid, yeah. I mean, mine happened when I was four, but one of my things that I was so passionate about that I loved is I love cars and the irony yeah. is I'm, I'm oh. legally blind and I can't drive. So it's like, oh. you know, it's one of the, but you just gotta, yeah. I think one of the things we become really good at is just adjusting and, and figuring out the other way around, like the, 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 the secret path. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, the alternate route of how to get to whatever, wherever we're supposedly going uh, we're good at just like you know on the fly adjusting. Even if it takes time, we figure out how to get to that next 
destination, even if it's for me not driving or for you not being in the Navy, it's like, okay, now what? Um, it's like, for me, it's like failure is not an option. And I won't back down and I won't give up. And I, I and like you say, that keeps me motivated every single day of my life. And I think, no, I'm not going to fail here. I have my ups and downs, and, and you know, and we all do, but not that, that linger and last too long because I keep fresh and keep that in my mind. And I think going up to see my MS team in London once a month, my IV drug is really perfect because it just keeps you around the similar people that you see that are having the same drug treatment on the same journey. You can ask any questions that you've got and then you go in and see your doctor when you need to or make an appointment to, you know, and, and that keeps, that keeps you, that keeps you really motivated. And that's why I've, I've always taken the MS treatment because I knew I'd have that whole landscape of professionals there if I needed them. Right. Yeah. No. How long in did you, uh, like I said before, like how many, how many years in were you suffering before you had these treatments? Um, well, I literally, I was having really bad headaches when I was a kid at school and when I was 10 years and it was just driving me mad. And my mum took me to all these tests and I had all these things and they were saying, well, we can't quite understand why she's getting all these headaches, you know, it could be a lot of different things, but we haven't got enough evidence to tell us it's one way or the other. And then I, I carried on and then I'd flirt and I said, oh, wow, I've got this kind of like really, really rare get erythemia nadizium or I've got this on my legs or I've got and people would say well this is a bit weird you know which I now know are all linked to neurological conditions and I, and I think back and I didn't you know you wouldn't realize that unless you looked at it collectively over a period of time and and um I don't know I think I think when you're younger you just want to get on with your life and you're just a little bit kind of like on a mission to pass a driving test and go out and have fun <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you're also you're the most bravest, but you're also the most vulnerable and and uh, scared. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that play in because there's, you can go in so many different directions. That's why kids who go through a lot of abuse, like it's, they never forget it, and it carries through the rest of their lives. So good or bad, um, you know, you get pulled in one way or another, and that's why it's it's so frustrating on how the world is because so many kids get pulled in the wrong direction. Whereas and they you, get stars Yeah. That don't heal. That they they can't get over and and they it it in in it kind of like they take it every day of their lives with them a bit like I do with my MS I mean I should be in the cupboard when I can but it's there with you every day isn't it Yeah and then like for you like you were saying like the fact that you were so like athletic and you were you had the mindset of wanting to be in the Navy and you you already had a strong you know courageous mindset where you wanted to overcome and do before you ever had a disability and the, the longer it went on, um, you know, of course you had your bad days that drug you down and took you off that path, but you still always had that deep inside you. You just, you just kind of had to find things to kind of inspire you to bring it out. Well, yeah, and it is. And, I, and that is such a, a, that, that is such a really good point. Finding things to keep you inspired and to keep you going or to bring out that feeling of, I'm not going to give up. Because when you've got access to people or kind of like networks and or social media contacts and or different, you know, you can you can actually reach out to other people and, and just not feel alone. 
which is great. I, I, and that's what I love about social media. I've got friends all around the world and I'll probably never ever see them. But, you know, if I, if I feel like I want to reach out and you get so much feedback, don't you? It's, you know, and, and great situations like the one we're, we're sharing now and keeping in touch and, and sharing experiences around, around chronic illnesses and diseases like MS. Yeah, there's so many, and again, there's so many chronic illnesses, let alone disability, that's, it's very hard to keep up with, and some are, you know, like in my case, I mean, the blind community, so blind, deaf, there's certain ones that are very popular, um, but, you know, MS, obviously it has a name, but unless, you know, a giant amount of celebrities have it, it doesn't really, doesn't really get as, it doesn't get the, the conversation or the light that it needs as much as it should, um, but. No, I mean, Montel Williams done some light at it, but, you know, and they put it on television shows here quite a lot in the UK. I yeah. sit down and go, Betsy, I'm with her, Betsy's got an ex. <laughs> I tell everyone, Betsy's got an ex. You know, because they, I think the BBC and, and our channel's really good at that because they bring in different health conditions in, in like soap operas that we have over here. So if people can be sat there watching a bit of like, entertainment kind of like uh tv comedy or or a bit of a live you know a, a live show and you can learn about health health problems which they've done that with ms a few times and i always smile and think thanks yeah any kind of representation helps any way to show it to the people because there's you know it, i don't know people have their own ideals of what people with disabilities are it's one of the thing conversation pieces we've had on the show so many times is that our logo is the guy in the wheelchair, but yet the majority of us in the disability community aren't even in wheelchairs. So that's like, you, you put us all in one category, but we're so different in every way yeah. that it's like, mm -hmm. it's hard to read. I mean, I don't know what our new logo should be, but it shouldn't be that because everyone immediately assumes one thing. And then I think every person with a disability at some point or another has been perceived to be slow or have like, you know, mentally challenged just based on whatever their condition is. Like in my case, I will look closer to the phone so I can see it better. But people just think I'm slow because I'm looking close at my phone because most people don't do that. Um, and it, it's just obviously it's a bunch of it's ignorance, but it's also just, you know, there's not enough information on or out. To well, the world. exactly. And and, I, and that point exactly is what actually kicked me off and, and made me write the MS Clear Guide and, and work with my doctors to get the story out there. Because there isn't, there wasn't, well, there wasn't at that point um, enough, you know, simple, free information, education links, you know. And uh, But now we have so many more in the UK. We're really good at that. But, you know, back in the day when I found out about it, like you said earlier, you know, People didn't really understand it and didn't really kind of, they just thought the world were like, oh, I'm so sorry, such bad news. When are you going to be in a wheelchair? So, um, you know, the whole culture and the mindset changed, which is good. Yeah, and that's why the conversations need to continue to be had, because if you don't, no one's going to know. And Well, that's the thing. And, that, and you know, you've really motivated me today because I've been, off doing all this really exciting stuff um, with pageant racing in the UK. With as I said, I've got I'm going to a casting week at the weekend, um, and uh, which will be good. You said a car um, meeting, car um, karting. So um, pageant racing competes in 
go-karting. Oh, go-karting, um, okay. Yeah, Reese is the, the, the son of the family. He competes in that, and his father competes in, as I said, in um, motocross and drag racing um, on a drag bike. So it, 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 so I get to go, which is really sociable, and I think that's a really important um, side of living with an, uh, a long-term condition is having good social networks and meeting people. So that's really good as well for me, going out and meeting people and having these conversations. Yeah, absolutely. No, it seems like you. So, do you do you participate, or you just go to watch? No, I um, I no, I don't participate. Um, but I, um, you know, I, I in the I haven't well in the past when I was doing the drag racing, I was a crew chief of the bike team. But this one, no, I'm more of a kind of PR person, um, and sort of looking at the branding and the, the team clothes and how we present and, and sharing the information with the media and on social media as well. Um, particularly as well because Reese Paget's into lots of casting events and so he, he it's all filmed on GoPros and stuff. So yeah, so maybe I must get in the cart and get some GoPro footage or whatever. <laughs> get right. some, some stuff. But but you know, um, as I said, I, I I didn't want to do that because I'd done the drag racing and drove a quarter of a mile in seven seconds I thought I've done that um but I'm quite excited about riding the pit bike okay do you have are you kind of like a little bit of a, a adrenaline junkie yeah I love the knee uh, I love speed and I love fast things and cars and stuff and I'm a bit of a petrol head yeah That's... yeah okay I confess I'm a girly petrol head <laughs> so does how does any of does any of that affect your MS as far as like your pain, I just have to plan. Yeah, I take. Uh, I think as well if it's a bit cold with the, you know, carting for all year round, and if it's if it's colder months, then I have to wear more layers and stuff. And it was quite sweet because the crew, um, the owner of the the racing team, bought me a heated jacket because <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to stay in the van. It's the cold. <laughs> um, but um, but you know, I. Um, I'm, I'm excited now because uh, the drag racing season starting again in April. The weather's getting a lot better, and um, the days are longer as well, which I think always makes you feel a bit a bit less cold. So um, yeah, it, it hurts, and that makes my MS pain hurt more when I'm cold and stuff. But mm. yeah, it does. But I I I sort that out with my medication and um, make sure I have enough rest. Yeah. So besides the the weather, how how does um, how does your MS like affect you on like a daily basis or when it's at its worst? Well, I think the thing is for me, if I'm stressed or I've got loads, I mean, my dad's been really quite poorly and recently passed away, and and that whole period over the last, well, my sister and I were talking about it over the last eighteen months. It's kind of like really, and that's another reason why I've been out of the media, out of the kind of like all the stuff I do on social media and things because of my family ill health, you know. And that really took a lot, has taken a lot out of me. So I'm really keen to build myself up and increase my uh, my fitness. And obviously, as well, I'm fingers crossed with COVID, and now we're all now we're all you know immunized and stuff. Even though COVID is coming back again, but you know it's. Um, we're managing it, and I and I just 
I'm excited and I'm going to do lots more and, and I'm going to have to get back on that channel and we're going to have to share more, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I understand. there's times where, you know, I, I am constantly advocating for mental, you know, to, to spread awareness on mental health, but I doesn't, yeah. that doesn't mean I don't have my days where I shut down and I just don't want to deal with anything. Um, well, you don't want to get out of bed some days, and I have those days too, even though I'm going on about all this stuff. And you just think, I don't want to get out of bed today because your body hurts too much. Yeah. Well, and as, a, as a person with a disability, there's never going to be a day that's not going to be a challenge. And sometimes you're just tired. Like, you just don't want a challenge. You don't want to have to fight to do it. You just want it, something to come normal or easy. Um, and that's just not a reality, but some days are harder to take that. And, you know, especially if you're having a rough day or I don't know, just yeah. in general, you just wake up on the wrong side of the bed, as they say, and you just, you're not feeling it. You don't want to have, like for me, I don't want to have to have my eyes take an hour to adjust fully. And I don't want to have to take 14 eye drops and all this shit. And then no. you, you're just like, ugh, I don't want to do this. Oh, and I got to go to work and I got to do this and do that and do this. And it's like, ugh, like you just, you're not feeling it. And mentally you just, you check out and. Um, you know, but again, that doesn't like the good thing is the longer you go on with this and the more you fight, um, the easier it gets and the quicker you kind of, uh, come out of it. And, you know, so it's not, it's not weeks and months now it's, you know, maybe a day tops. You learn. Yeah, exactly. It's about one of the things that I always used to say with my takeaway is getting the balance right. Because if you get your balance right, that you can recover and come back to kind of normal existence, like you said, after maybe a day. Um, and I think we become we become quite expert at doing that and sort of twiddling the, uh, our internal gauges to help us recover quickly and, and get through the next day, don't we? Which is great that we can do it. Yeah. And as, as a person, you know, people with disabilities, we're just, we're built for enduring i know that's not always a great thing to hear because it's like oh you got to really endure a lot when when you're built like that but we're we're meant to take bad news we're meant to just deal with something another i don't obstacle where like i said earlier like we always try to find the scenic route around it and we're we're built to we're built for disappointment unfortunately but it, it it makes us stronger and you know, mm. we're just... Well, it makes us not... Well, I mean, to me, it just makes me more fastidious and more I'm not giving up. You yeah. know, I, I I might have MS. I've got, you know, I didn't ask for it. I got it for it. You know, so let's just put that into perspective and work out the best way forward. Because there always is a good way forward for everybody if you sit down and give it a bit of time to talk or to listen to each other. Yeah, right. And being being a girl, we do listen a lot. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, is is like with your with your MS? Is it is it pretty consistently the same, or do you have setbacks certain days that are worse than well, others? You know, yeah, I do. Um, I get more symptoms, and I get more pain in the colder weather, mm-hmm. and. I I find that when the climate jumps around, which it does quite a bit in this country, one day it could be 20s and the next day it goes down to 7. Um, my It's like my internal thermostat. I spoke about that before when we talked. It's about, my, I've got like um, software that doesn't work and one of those things is my internal thermostat. 
because my body just can't cope with one minute when we're outside. You know, we've had 28 degrees here and then the next day it jumps down to 11. You know, we're like, whoa. And I just can't deal with that. And so I have to just take time out. And that makes it difficult, doesn't it? Yeah, especially for you. Yeah, if you have to, I mean, you, you probably have to constantly check your apps and your phone and the TV for what the weather's going to be like. And you got to hope they're pretty accurate because you have to prepare yeah, more than exactly. the average person. Yeah, and make sure, I mean, it's like I'm always, when I when I go and when we were the racing team, and I'm, I'm, I have, I've got to make sure that I've got enough clothes to get me through it because when I get, when the cold sets in with me, my my limbs start shaking. I mean, I just can't deal with it, you know. And and I and I have to make sure that um, that I don't get over cold. Else, otherwise, it just writes me off, and and it makes the pain get worse. And that's horrible because I get I'm in pain twenty four hours a day, and that's really embarrassing to confess to you. But I am. <laughs> and, you shouldn't uh, be embarrassed by that. I mean, that's just the truth of it. I mean, I think. Well, it is the truth, but you know it a bit it's, it's a failing it's like Argh! i want to just be out of pain a bit today yeah but that but that that it says more about your character the fact that you, you're not always just going owl and and looking for someone to help you you're just you're just speaking your truth and saying hey look i'm in pain all the time just because i don't show it all the time just because i'm not you know grimacing and whatever making facial expressions to show that i'm in pain i am it's just i deal with it you know one of my friends said that to me the other day Actually, and that's just, you've just struck a chord with me. And they tell and they said, you know, one of the things we like about you, Cap, you don't whinge about your MS. Yeah. Yeah, I've said that. I mean, that's that's kind of been something that's been said about me a lot, whereas a lot of times when I do complain about things, it has nothing to do with my eye condition. It's, yeah. It's other stuff. And, and, um, yeah, and again, like I said, that's kind of how we are. A lot of times, like, the disability itself isn't the biggest problem. It's kind of the world. It's a lot of the things that the judgmentalness and the ignorance of towards us, but you know, and it's, it's all the other struggles that go along with the disability. The disability a lot of times is easy to manage, even if it's a lot of pain or, or whatever it is that you're, you know, dealing with. Um, a lot of times it's, it's everything else around the disability that makes it so much harder, especially the mental aspect of it. You know, there's a lot of times where I'm sure you have been laying or you woke up, and you are in excruciating pain, and mentally you're just like, well, why the hell am I going to get out of bed? I know every step is going to hurt or, or whatever you that hurts you, um, and your mind is just like, why bother? And so you're just in a depression funk, um, and it makes the disability ten times worse because now you're just laying there in your pain, and the pain feels worse than it probably even is because mentally you're just so focused on it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's, it's very, you know, admirable of you that, you know, that you're just like, you know, you're not one of these people that are just going to sit and complain about it all the time because you have, you have a life, you have more things to do than just sit around and complain, but you have every right to, you just don't. And unless it's so bad, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think, you know, I think that, I think that might be, uh, I don't know, tell me if I'm, give me your, give me your opinion on this. But I think that that could be something to do with the fact that I'm a nurse. I'm not practicing as a nurse these days, you know that. I don't know if I was when we were talking, actually, because I had to come out of the profession 
because I went into management and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I do, I think that might be something to do with it because the way that I think and the way that I behave and, and um, yeah. also the way I communicate with other people because I've learned what works and what doesn't work. <laughs> right. No, I, th- I think that might play a part, but there's a lot of nurses that are squeamish with blood and, and pain and um, they're just good at helping others. Um, and you, you might just have certain characteristics that just makes you really strong of a person. Um, again, when you're trying to get into like the Navy, that's not something you sign up for thinking it's just going to be a, a piece of cake. Like, I think you had certain mindsets in you to just be a strong person. Not every person's built like that. Like there's certain- Well, I did. I looked at all of it. I looked at the Navy. I looked at the police force. Right. I, you know, I was really, you know, and I was, re- and that's why. I was so proud when they made me a Kentucky honorary Kentucky Colonel um, because I could actually, and I said, can I have a uniform? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I could look like somebody in the military because they'd never let me join. Right. But again, like look, look at that mindset of, of how you can have to, you know, deal with that where you you just you endure that you hear like oh, okay you can't join but you found a way around to, to kind of have a small piece of it anyway um it's like yeah a, it's, i'm a kentucky colonel it's like a person who um isn't physically fit and can't perform in an athletic sport but they become a really good head coach or manager yeah. or whatever and it's like you find your way in like your way in is maybe not what you dreamt it to be but you'll find a way in, and that's your determination to figure it out. So that's a lot of that has to just do with how you are and, and how life has impacted you, and this is what you evolved into. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Is it scary or not? No, it's a good thing. I mean, you know, but like, think about it. Look, look at all the pain that you have, and you're smiling and laughing. Regardless of the conversation, um, and, and like you, you know, if, if everyone had your pain and knew what you were going through, not everybody could smile and laugh the way you're laughing right now. It's not. Some people just can't deal with what you can deal with. Um, but also, don't forget, I'm talking to you, and you're making me laugh and smile. Right. No, so that is part of you. Well, you know, we've got to, we've got to, you know, got to say that to you. You're, you're interviewing me very well. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> But I mean, if you think no, of, if you think about it though, like in some of your worst days, and when you're really sad or you're in a lot of pain and you're angry or whatever it is that, yeah, whatever emotion that you're feeling at that moment, this conversation might not impact you as much. Maybe when you were at your worst, you this none of this would have been funny. None of this would have been interesting to you because you were at your worst. Because I know in my worst of depression days, when people tried to help, I didn't really. You know, because when people say it's going to be okay, I didn't believe that. And so I just pushed it away. But you're at a place now where you've been through so much and you continue to go through. But it's it's just your daily routine. Everything is a lot of this stuff is just normal to you. Um, and like I said, like the fact that you turned out the way you did is, is amazing. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's not 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 many people can go through that and just, you know, like I think a lot of us as people with disabilities, we take it for granted because we don't really think about how much we overcome because we know it's just there. It's, it's the journey, but we don't ever take time to realize like, holy shit, like I'm doing this. I'm doing so many things that so many people said I would never do um, with what I lack or what, what I don't have um, in my case, vision and, and, and 
you know, it, it's like, yeah, you know, like, like for me, like saying I have my own place and I have money and, 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 you know, I can take care of myself and my friends and, um, I work and I do all these things. Well, even saying you work as a person with a disability, that 75% of us are unemployed is amazing. We don't think it because the average person goes to work every day. They just don't go to work with the hurdles that we have to jump over. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, the conversation that we're having is great, and but we're both in good headspaces at the moment to be able to appreciate it and to understand all of it in its entirety. <clears throat> but at our worst, we probably wouldn't have been able to accept it, and maybe we wouldn't be laughing and smiling. So does that mean that we're veterans now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been de- I don't know how long you've been, I don't know how old you are, but I've been dealing with this for 20, 29 years now. So, yeah, I would... Consider myself a veteran. Uh-huh. And you've been dealing. Well, you've been dealing with this. It for... doesn't really take me to work the bath out mine very much, does it? Because of of my age, really. Yeah. No. It's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's true. It's shocking. It's shocking, but it's true. But oh wow, that's quite that's quite a scary headline for a girl. I can actually say, yeah, over forty years. <laughs> Dealing with it for forty years, you said. Well, I was just trying to do the maths in my head then, but no, nearly. Yeah, I didn't even know you were that old. You look so much younger. Oh my god! I'm not even kidding. I'm not even trying to. I'm not even trying to like butter you up. I'm just saying. I never thought you were like that old because you you look so young. Maybe I've just aged myself. I don't know. Hey, take take whatever you can get. Need my calculator now. No, but it really it really freaks me out when I have young boys trying to chat me up. I'm like, oh no, I could be your mother. <laughs> hey, and enjoy the young genes. Take it. I have them too, and I mean, I still get carded sometimes, and I'm 33, so it's like, oh wow, I'll t- I'll oh, take I, it. I love that age. That was a really that was a really lovely age. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, as I said, you just, and, and again, I think that's one of the things I've come to realize, especially recently of just, you know, not even just because of all the COVID stuff, but just all the craziness that's going on in the world. Like I, I've, I've realized how much I've overcome and obviously interviewing people like you, it, you know, it inspires me to keep going and all that. But I just, you know, I'm starting to appreciate my life more where it's just like, yeah. I wake up, I'm breathing, I'm walking, I'm doing things that some people cannot do. And, and when I interview people who dis, other people with disabilities, they're, you know, every one of them has something else that, well, unless I interview people with the same condition as me, but, you know, I interview people with all these different ailments and it's like, you know, if I interview a deaf person, it's like, well, thank God I can hear. Even if I interview a blind guy, it's like, thank God I have some vision, you know, because yeah. I, I could be totally blind. I could be, you know, in a wheelchair. I could be so many things and, and it's, I'm not. Um, and I don't look at it as something beneath me. I just look at it like, thank God that's not my situation. And it makes me, you know, it helps me to like come to terms with my problems and say, you know what, it's bad, but there's worse. And just, just keep going. Isn't that cool wisdom? Yeah. But that, that again, that's another <laughs> thing about us where it's like, we're so like when we come to terms with it, there's a lot of beauty that comes out of us because we're so, we have to be so strong all the time. And it's not your typical, mm-hmm. like a guy type of thing where guys have to try to look cool for other guys or girls. It's, it's, it's just, we have to be strong all the time. It's a legitimate strength. Like if we don't, 
Like maybe sometimes we go overboard, but we have to be strong because, you know, we start to any doubt or anything that creeps in, you know, we could go downhill physically, mentally, however. Um, and the fact that we can, we can see others in pain and, and even if it's, you know, at the same level or below or above, we look at them and we, we have empathy and we feel for them. Um, and we, and we just know like, okay, like, yeah, our life isn't that bad. Even if it is worse than theirs, sometimes we, we just see someone in pain and even if it's just, they, they broke their leg, just like, oh man, that sucks. I hope they're okay. Um, and we could take time out of our busy brains of just constantly beating ourselves up and, and worrying all the time. We can actually look at someone else and just go, hey, man, like, uh, I hope you're all right. Um, and that's just like an unselfishness and, like I said, empathy. And that's a lot of – those are qualities that you just can't buy. No. They come with, you know, our veteranness, our experience, and our uh, – you know, just just. See, this is rolling off your tongue now, isn't it? The veterinary element, but you know, being a veteran, I think there is a, there's probably a bit of um, synergy there that we can come up with some powerful kind of like um, saying about that because it is. It's kind of like I didn't like all that warrior stuff and everything that they did with some of their long term conditions, but I think veteran is is quite what you get to become with a long term condition, isn't it? Yeah, well, you, and you get wisdom. I mean, I mean, that's that's why people yeah. reach out to elderly people because they do have wisdom. Um, yeah, and we're we're you know we're the veterans of that. I mean, again, there's people who have more experience, less experience, but still have the knowledge. Um, I don't know how many years it you know what what a veteran would be, but I, I would assume at least ten years in in your <clears throat> because there, there, there's a there's a period that a lot of us go through where when we first get diagnosed or we you know and again I'm not talking about I'm talking about at least at a certain age where you're, you know, if you're like two years old, this um, this doesn't apply. Um, but for people who can, you know, recognize what the doctor is telling you, you know, you, there's a numb part. There's a part where you don't even know how to deal with it. And then when you finally do deal with it, you don't officially like really come to terms with it. It takes years and years of just like trying to figure out like, oh, this is my life like for forever. Um, trying to accept it. Yeah, you don't just accept it right away because you don't want to accept it. You know, there's yeah. a there's a part of you that goes through like, oh my god, my life is the worst, and, and I want to die, or like I can never be normal, or all these different things. But you have to get to us like some years have to go by before you actually realize like that whole quote unquote normal shit isn't even that big of a deal. Like the fact that you're such an amazing person and you go out. Like I remember seeing a woman uh, where I used to live in Philadelphia. There was a woman that was on like a, like a scooter type of thing and she had no legs and she was just flying around, you know, the area that I was living in. And I was just so inspired by her because she, you know, she had to have, um, like she had to feel like she knows people are going to be staring at her. She didn't care. She went out and she's like, I'm going to live my life. Yeah. I don't have legs, but I'm going to drive this cart. I'm going to have fun. And she smiled. And it was like, it was just amazing that she didn't give a shit. She didn't care. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, we're just, like I said, people with disabilities, like there's, there's to be a veteran or, or however we're putting it, it takes a lot of time to actually, you know, like I said, I've been dealing with this 29 years and I'm still dealing, like I'm still trying to feel this whole thing out. Um, but I'm in a much better place than I was three years ago, Great. five years ago, 10 years ago. 
And isn't that amazing? And isn't that that that's just the best thing you get? Yeah. Not saying that all the other stuff wasn't really interesting or whatever, but to know, you know, with somebody that shared with you on along the journey, along where we're going with everything else, I'm I'm just really glad to you, TJ. I'm um I'm, I'm I'm really happy. That's my lovely takeaway. I can <laughs> say to my friends, I can say, well, I did this amazing chat session with um somebody that we I used to share with with the with the podcast world and yeah. he's great and he's fighting and he's up and he's you know he's a bit of he's doing the veterans club yeah, i appreciate that oh yeah. maybe we could have a veterans club that yeah. could be something there you go there's a there, there's there's a facebook group or something we can start that's just the veteran the, yeah. the disability vet- <laughs> but you got to put it a certain way because if you say veterans they're going to think you served in the military so we have you have to yeah. so that's the only thing about no, that I- term we need to think about that. I need to do a bit of PR mileage on that, don't I? Yeah, because yeah. you say the Veterans Club, they're automatically going to assume you served in the Army and, you, you know. Yeah, but just that little bit of something before it, you know. Yeah. Something something veteran or something veteran, I think, could be we. I think, we, I think we've got synergy here across the pond. I think we have to do something from, from the U.S. to the U.K. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. And and again, like you look at our situations, we have two totally different conditions. There are parallels, like with my grandfather and things like that. But you know, we're two different genders and all these different things, age groups and all that shit. But like we both understand each other's situations, even if we don't fully understand it, we're able to just come to terms with it and say, okay, like yeah, you go through a lot of pain, you can't see this way, blah blah. But at the end of the day, we can kind of we know how to you know compare it and say, okay. Like we we're similar in a lot of ways and there's no judgment and we just kind of know how to accept each other and just live each other's lives for a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one of the things that I think is really missing in this world where it's just like, we don't, not only do we not listen to each other, we don't even like, even if we listen a little bit, we don't try to understand other people. We just, we just, we see something and go, well, that's so different than me. I, I don't even want to try to listen. I don't even want to try to understand or comprehend. And I don't understand that mentality because for me, I, you know, when I see someone who's different, even if I don't agree at all and I find it heinous or whatever, I still want to learn from those people. I want to, I want to figure out where that hatred comes from and how a person yeah. gets that way. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't, yeah. I just don't write everybody off based on, cause you, you, there's so many situations where, Again, like we were talking earlier about kids being abused and stuff like so many kids or so many people grow up in a a really bad household and then we expect them to just be normal citizens because um, that's what we expect. But that's not everyone's reality. Everyone's reality is different. Some people go through a lot of shit. One of the things, Mm -hmm. and I don't know how it is there in the UK, but here in the United States during COVID, one of the, especially when we were on all the lockdowns, one of the biggest things that went up around here was domestic violence and child abuse <clears throat> because people were in the houses with their family and they didn't yeah. have that escape, uh, which was work or school or yeah. whatever. And instead of people enjoying each other and accepting each other and realizing they're around the people they love the most, they took it out on them. Um, yeah. And it's like, so like, you know, what do you like? Those kids have to grow up in that shit. And how do you expect them not to pass that on to their kids? Yeah, and and I think uh, I've got to jump in here and say something that I personally feel quite passionately about, and um, on this subject is is the and I've lost 
people with MS. Um, unfortunately, I've lost probably four or five, five I think it is now, close contact people that I've known that have committed suicide because they've given up with living with a chronic disease. You know, and that's why I, I, I really do feel that, you know, we do need to, 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 to reach out and to, and to give each other that little bit of, you know, motivation to keep going and keep fighting. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was very happy when you reached out to me the other day, because I was like, I really wanted to know how you were doing. I'm not going to sit here and say every day I was worried about you, thinking about you, but when every so often I would think, and I go, I wonder how she's doing, because I didn't see any new episodes on your podcast. And... I know, I just went to go underground. Yeah, and, you, and then, you, <laughs> then you messaged me from a different Facebook, and I'm like, oh, hey, you okay? Like, and I was just happy to hear from you. I was like, wow, okay. Oh, well, that's great, and I'm so happy happy to hear from you as well. You know, and I and I do think I, I think there's so much that that you know, it, it, particularly people with disabilities need to be mindful of, um, particularly with the financial side because the price of living and all the pressures are all on us at the moment, getting through COVID and what it's done to the rest of the world. So I think it's good to be close and connected and to and to help each other out your phone oh gosh i i yes i need to uh just um end that phone call i'm terribly sorry about that no you're good you're fine uh just a unique ringtone um yeah that that's the office that's the office phone number so uh so i'm uh, sorry about that no you're good we can finish up very shortly here um so uh yeah one of the things i was asking like are you doing any kind of advocating uh you know, like for MS or chronic illness or disabilities? Well, I I was talking to my consultant about that as well and um, with the COVID side of life, and I haven't done anything. But I, I just haven't really. I, I've spoken to friends and talked to people about maybe having some events and we're going to have a fashion show in, in London, you know, which we can promote MS and various things with through Rotary International and the Rotary Clubs of London. So that's probably what... I've been doing and talking about with the charity stuff, but I it's something that once I feel I've got something tangible and, and worth sharing, I'm definitely going to reach out to the rest of the community because they're great fun and they're good people to, to, to share with, like yourself. Sure. What, what's the inspiration behind the, the fashion show? Well, I'm, um, I studied fashion design when I was very young and, and I'm an eco-fashion designer because the recycle um, fashion um, and we've had an eco fashion um, house in London um, for over 15 years and and I feel so passionately about that because yeah we do recycle fur and uh, rather than animals being killed again and stuff I'm like no let's not throw granny's fur coat out let's turn it into a handbag or let's recycle it into something different or mix it with another medium, and that's what we do with the fashion. And that's AL Fashion, um, which is, we're going to have a fashion show in London um, soon. Yeah, they're, I mean, animals are always my weakness, so anyone who's... Well, I just, you know, I, I just I just hate, hated the idea of all these beautiful animals being killed, and, and then they just chuck the skins away and these beautiful coats, and I thought, no, we've got to do something with this. Um, 
you know, and uh, and that's why I reached out to a rotary friend who's a fashion designer in London. Yeah. And we've got a uh, we manufacture in London as well. We've got um, uh, factories and stuff in 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 London, which is great. It is really British. It's it's you know, it's a good thing. Yeah. <clears throat> no, absolutely. I, I'm always for supporting animals. I think some some animal rights groups they tend to go a little too far, but I'm all for people trying to help animals because they're well, exactly. You know, I mean, I'm like, let's try and cut down the, the more annual, um, animals being killed for their furs and let's recycle and and let's actually make donations to these charities and, and keep them going. And that's what we do, really. Yeah. So we're not pinned to one charity. We make donations to those different groups um, when we do something. So it's it's helping, helping in lots of different ways. Right. Yeah. I do I don't I don't think you should give up on the podcast though. I mean I know I know you don't always have time, but I think you know I know you I think I need a bit of IT wisdom. I've really got I've got you know, you think but I'm thinking there must be an app. I'm gonna have to ask you when we when we finish recording to, to let okay. me know what the best software is to have. Because I haven't done that for a while and you know, I I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've got the facilities. <laughs> right. Yeah, I found some good equipment, and um, you know, it, it, I, I, you know, it's very easy. Like I'm literally sitting on my couch in front of my coffee table, and I just have a podcast board and a microphone that's clipped to the side of the coffee table, and I'm just talking into the mic, and I can control the sound and do whatever I want, and everything's hooked up through Bluetooth, so my phone or is paired up with it, and um, it's the best way to record phone calls legally. So, um. But it's it's one of those, like I said, you have, you do have a real story, and um, yeah, you're very you seem to be very happy and positive that like that energy is is very good and needed, especially in the disability community because there is so much sadness and and pain that um, we need. You know, there's so many you know not even just people, but women, women with chronic illnesses. You could help because, um, you know, like I said, the fact that you're being so honest and saying, hey. I'm in pain every day. Well, you're, and you can't always just focus on your beauty. You have to focus on your health and so many other things. And it's not just about being attractive. Um, and that's something that some women should probably hear because they don't, you know, they're trying so hard to focus on maybe on their beauty and not focusing on their pain. And, you know, it's the whole fake it till you make it type thing, but you have to just, you have to come to terms with it and accept your disability and just realize that, you know, you have challenges and, you know, Screw what the world has to say. There's always another way. Yeah, always another way. Um, do you have any websites or anything you want to promote? Um, well, at the moment, I I, I actually took down my website um, because I of my my contact. Everything is through Kay Aston or Miss Kay Aston um, on social media. So um, I haven't got designated, but I will come back to you and sure. um, and keep you because I, I you know, as I said, we talked about the, the, the motor racing and, you know, I'm going karting this weekend. And, and I just think it's a good thing to show that, you know, that you can still get down and dirty at the racetrack if you've got uh, MS or whatever condition, you know, and, and the racetracks, I've, I've reached out to them and they're really, really supportive. Um so I think it. I think it would be great to keep in touch with you if that. If oh, absolutely! Okay. Yeah, anything you need, just please reach out. I mean, we're friends, so you can text or call me anytime. 
Um, well, that's absolutely marvellous. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I can't thank you enough for that. And, and you've really inspired me. That's good. I mean, you inspire me too, so I'm glad to hear it. I mean, like I said, we were talking before. It's just, you know, everything went, you know, south for your life. And, and you know, thing, things happen to me as well. And, you know, it happens. But, you know, we're back in touch. And yeah, you're in a better place. Absolutely. So that's great. Cool. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to end the recording and then uh, we can finish. And uh, that was the episode. Thanks, guys, for uh, coming on and listening to my voice. Um, I'm in a weird mood. I came home early from work, got this interview done, stuffed out a sandwich. And uh, that's my uh, I wouldn't say it's my daily routine, but that was my routine for the day. Uh, I'm going to get out of here. I hope you all take care of yourself. Please try to enjoy your life as best you can. Uh, I said, there's always someone out there struggling and someone out there way worse off than you. And, you know, appreciate what you got. I'm going to. uh, I'm going to go rub Bullet's belly and uh, take more eye drops because I love doing that. All right, guys. See you next week.